This is Commerce Code, a Friday morning digital commerce podcast for leaders in retail, technology, banking, payments, financial data, and cutting edge marketing. I'm Dan Carell, CEO of the Digital Commerce Alliance. We'll start with this week's news in digital commerce. Digital commerce stocks tracked with the broader equities market this week, while crypto's flagship currency, Bitcoin, traded around $23,000, about 15% above its low point in late June. Overall, the markets responded to good inflation news on Wednesday, ticking up sharply when the Bureau of Labor Statistics revealed that the consumer price index fell from June to July, possibly signaling a plateau for inflation the consumer price index increased at an annual rate of 8.5% in July, down from 9.1% in June. Food and rent got more expensive yet again in July, but we were more than offset by falling energy prices. This means that, overall, prices actually fell slightly for the average American consumer from June to July, and that news immediately put some pep in the stock market on Wednesday morning. Investors were also digesting some surprising economic news about the U.S. job market. The Bureau of Labor Statistics released a jobs report last Friday showing that in July, the American economy created more than twice as many new jobs as economists had predicted. This was unexpected for several reasons, including recent layoff announcements from companies like Walmart, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Tesla. According to the BLS, Non-farm employers added 528,000 jobs, much higher than the last four months' average gains of 388,000. For purposes of official statistics, all 20 million jobs lost during the pandemic have now been recovered. Unemployment also dropped to 3.5%, matching February 2020's 50-year low. All this happened while the service sector is still more than 1 million jobs below 2019 and public sector employment is 597,000 jobs below pre-pandemic numbers. In other words, we will continue to see understaffed retailers, hotels, local governments, and public schools as they struggle to match rapidly rising pay in other sectors. Dan Carell is in Northern Ontario and out of internet range, so this week's episode of Commerce Code will stick to the week's economic and digital commerce news highlights. We will return with a full Commerce Code episode next Friday, August 19th. Commerce Code is brought to you in part by Vantage Score. Nine of the top 10 banks and over 3,000 leading banks and fintechs use Vantage Score to predict and manage repayment risk. Learn more about the latest advances in credit scoring and how to grow your lending business by leveraging financial inclusion at VantageScore.com. U.S. wages rose one half of a percent from June, now 5.2% higher than 12 months ago, yet still 3.3 percentage points lower than inflation as measured by the Consumer Price Index. The lag in earnings behind continuing inflation was reflected in Payments.com's Consumer Inflation Sentiment Report. In a survey of over 3,700 consumers, 70% said they expected to pare back on spending due to inflation, and 53% said their financial positions have worsened in the past year. Perhaps more worrying, 35% say they expect their financial situation 
to worsen in the coming year. Supply chains continued to straighten out in July, as measured by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York's Global Supply Chain Pressure Index. The index combines transportation, manufacturing, and purchasing price data to assess how well supply chains are functioning. Supply chain pressure reached an all-time high in December 2021, but by June, the index had fallen by almost half. In July, supply chain pressure continued to ease. Supply chain pressure is still higher than at any time before the pandemic, but a return to normalcy could be on the horizon. While goods were traveling a little easier in July, people made plans to start traveling to Hong Kong again. The government's decision to reduce the number of days travelers must spend in hotel quarantine immediately doubled inbound flight bookings this week, according to data from Trip.com. More broadly, as the pandemic waned, people returned to theme parks with gusto, as evidenced by Disney's latest quarterly results. The mouse's revenue soared by 26%, thanks in large part to a mass return of families and fans to its theme parks. It's birthday week for the undisputed giant of American bricks and mortar retail, Minneapolis's Mall of America, which opened on August 11, 1992. Sometimes called the Mega Mall or MOA, the destination mall boasted a seven-acre indoor theme park with roller coasters and water slides. It was the world's largest mall at the time of its opening, but what happened since changed the face of global retail. The MOA remains almost double the size of any other American mall at 5.6 million square feet. The second largest is now the American Dream Mall in New Jersey at 3 million square feet, which opened in 2019, just in time for the pandemic. 20 other indoor malls in the U.S. have over 2 million square feet. The Mall of America has been the biggest in the United States since it was built, but it has not always been the biggest in North America. At times, the West Edmonton Mall in Alberta, Canada, has expanded beyond the size of its Minnesota cousin. But in successive expansions, the MOA has recovered its North American crown. One crown West Edmonton will probably never relinquish, however, is the record for the biggest parking facility in the world, with 20,000 spaces, compared to a measly 13,000 at the MOA. The West Edmonton Mall and Mall of America. Are owned by the same company, the Triple Five Group, which was founded by a family of Iranian immigrants to Canada. Triple Five began with the West Edmonton Mall and then built the MOA. More on Iran in a moment. From a global perspective, monster malls have become far more common in the last 20 years. Since the West Edmonton Mall and Mall of America were built, a global destination mall building spree has occurred. Even as smaller indoor malls have failed in large numbers, the world's largest mall is about three times the size of the Mall of America, and it's located in a place many of our listeners might not guess: Iran. The Iran Mall in Tehran was opened in 2018, and with 15.6 million square feet of total space, it is by far the biggest mall in the world. And unlikely to be surpassed anytime soon. A little less than half the size of the Iran Mall, but still quite a bit bigger than the Mall of America. The South China Mall in Dongguan, China, was opened in 
but sat largely empty until 2014. Two other malls in China, one in the Philippines and three in Thailand, all are slightly bigger than the Mall of America, making the MOA now the ninth biggest in the world. But at present, very few of the world's truly big malls are located in the U.S. In fact, the next 25 biggest malls in the world after the Mall of America are located in the following countries. Bangladesh, China, Colombia, Indonesia, Iran, Kuwait, Malaysia, Panama, Pakistan, Philippines, South Korea, Taiwan, Thailand, and the United Arab Emirates. By some measures, the second biggest mall in the United States is the 36th biggest in the world, and nearly every one of the world's biggest malls was built well after the Mall of America went up in 1992. It's a global monster mall building spree! With all these massive malls in relatively hot places, Minneapolis and Edmonton may seem like surprising places for huge malls to get their start. For what it's worth, both malls were created by a family of Iranian immigrants. But unrelated to that family of very successful entrepreneurs, the first ever indoor climate-controlled mall was Southdale Center, opened in 1956 in a suburb of Minneapolis. It still operates today, located about five miles from the Mall of America. On its 30th birthday, the MOA is far from being over the hill. Talks are underway to add a $430 million connected indoor water park. Now that is sure to make quite a splash. Commerce Code is a weekly podcast of the Digital Commerce Alliance, the premier trade association advancing the future of commerce. Check out our website at digcomall.org. Help us grow Commerce Code by sharing it with your colleagues and old friends from business school and rate Commerce Code on your podcast app. We'd love your feedback and topic ideas. Just drop Dan Carell an email. You can reach him at dan at digcomall.org. On behalf of DCA, have a great Friday and a great weekend.